Hey everybody, Code Pen Radio number 389. I want to talk about something near and dear to our heart, which is some of the work we've been doing internally that's just been <laughs> taking forever, but feels satisfying to do. And, you know, because it's not particularly user-facing, it like, you know, there's not, it's not like worth a blog post every week or anything about it, but it's a big deal to us. And that's why we have this podcast because CodePen Radio is all about talking about what it's like running a software company today. And it has been for a lot of years. I have with me DD. What's up? Hey, Chris, how are you? It's been a hot minute. I know. <laughs> it has been a hot minute. We were trying to figure out when the last time you've been on the show was. And it's not because, I don't know, you could be on the show every week if you ask me. <laughs> we're, we work together every day. Yeah. But, you know, life is life. And I think it was, uh, we were talking about finance and stuff last time you were on the show, which is funny because it's like you totally do finance for CodePen. But yeah. like how big of a chunk of that is your actual work at CodePen? Like, I don't You'd know, be surprised. 10% or something. <laughs> yeah. Like the last couple of weeks have been hot and heavy in the finance world and the year budgeting and stuff. But I think it was more the two babies that's uh, caused this yeah. like drought <laughs> of me being on uh, CodePen yeah, Radio here. Right. I was looking and I think I was here like September 21st. So like literally a month before uh, we had our twins, like they were. Oh, so it's been over a year since you've been on the show. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, well, you've still you've been hard at work being a mom and hard at work <laughs> at CodePen itself, being a, a, a developer here. So uh, we're gonna do dev stuff this time, big time dev stuff, which you are super involved in. This most of us were at CodePen, and yeah. this, as you can see from the show title, is about creating an API, GraphQL API, actually, um, in Go. Uh, and really, it's rewriting it, which is funny. I should say at the top of the show, I think, and I wonder if you agree with me or not, that rewriting this API is has been much more work than writing the API. Yeah, it's funny that you say that when I hear rewriting. I'm like, oh, brand new logic. No, not at all. It's actually going through our massive Rails code base and like porting it exactly. Like the process was look at the Rails code, figure out how to do that in Go, put it in Go. So you would think since the logic's already been written that it would be simple. It's right. not like new logic it's literally just moving it porting it i know it's but, like oh, i don't know make the intern do it or something whoa a no. absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> this is very tricky because you know every bone in your body yours i'm sure especially wants to uh, to rewrite things to be better like oh why did we name it that that's a stupid name i'm gonna name it the good new way no, you're not actually, because if you are refactoring an API as you're as you're moving it, you're gonna have a hell of a time because we're not as we refactor it, we're not just turning off the old API. That is not how this is gonna go. And I know we've jumped ahead a little bit, so we we're, we're gonna need to provide a little bit more foundation. But I wanted to do some juicy stuff right <laughs> at the top of the podcast for people yeah. to sink their teeth into. Yeah, the point is we're going to have two APIs that kind of coexist and do the same things. And if you have, you know, simultaneous APIs, they really need to do exactly the same thing. And that meticulousness, the, you know, the fact that these APIs need to behave identically is in two different languages. Woo! Tricky, 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 tricky. Right, yeah. And 
the focus wasn't to move over our logic and improve it. The focus was more to serve a future project or an in-progress project, kind of setting the stage to build on top of our existing stack. Um, and so it was really more about language, speed, costs, and then very little about building a better version of the actual logic. Right. We can make it better over time once it's once it's done. Because there is a goal at the very, very, very end of this that we do turn off the old API. Like, I don't want to support two APIs. It's just... That's silly. I think we're grown up enough to to think that we can just rewrite the whole API and turn off the old one and turn on the new one and just call it up. That's just the risk there is nuts. You know, like why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, that was part of the decision making as we were trying to figure out whether we should keep parts of the Rails API up and running and then just do this new project that we're working on in the the new Go-based API. And there was lots of discussions. There was an API inventory. Like, would it be mm-hmm. faster just to do the new feature set in the new API and keep the old API running? Keep the and, old one around, yeah, yeah. And for developer sanity, managing two code bases in two different languages is not something that we want to support because we're a super small Mm -hmm. team and our advantage as a small team is to be able to work quickly. Um, So having to keep the Rails API in your head and the Go API in your head is not fun. Like as a team, all of us have basically moved over to Go the language from Ruby on Rails and hopefully like you know, within a year or so, the majority of our team's time will be spent in Go and not in Rails, which is interesting because we've been working in Rails since inception, since 2011. So we had much more expertise in in Ruby and Rails, um, but now we're building up our expertise in Go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we need to we need to establish the why here. Why would this team, you know, you, and you answered it to some degrees because our team has more expertise in Go, so that's why we would make the the API in Go. There are other reasons that are probably obvious to anyone who's listened to our podcast or knows anything about Go. It's really fast, so that's a reason to do it right there. We have, and, and you said in in your notes here, we've talked about Go already in a bunch of other episodes. So we'll just link those up. Go is the right answer for us for a variety of reasons. So that's kind of why we're doing it. But there's a little bit more history to establish that I think is kind of fun that I think people that have been running software apps might get a kick out of is seeing how the app evolved and why we're like, okay, let's do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So way old school, Ruby on Rails, whatever. No GraphQL insight, no React insight, nothing fancy at all. jQuery, you know. Then, then we add React to the stack. I think when we added React, we did not add GraphQL. No, Weird. that's right. We did not. Um, I think React was added back in like early 2016 or so. And then maybe in like 2017, uh, we added GraphQL and Apollo client. So we moved from right. a traditional REST API to... GraphQL, which the entire... So weird to me. I wonder what it was like to you. How are we mutating data from React without GraphQL? So that was a weird phase. It didn't last that long. 
you know, but but we did it. So so then we had GraphQL, and GraphQL is a good choice for us. So it's, we still have that. Most of CodePen is GraphQL powered, yada yada. You know, most of our app is React, but not all. And we're we even call it. <laughs> this feels weird to say publicly. We call it strangling. I think Alex likes to use that word, <laughs> strangling Rails. Let's get rid of it. Ah, not because you know, not because it wasn't been good to us, but you know to small up our technology set and focus it around stuff like that. CodePen was built in Ruby and Sinatra was like the first framework that you guys picked back in 2011. And then you moved on to Rails because it's so fast and easy to to build an app from scratch. And now that we're almost at 9 million users and we process millions and millions of um, requests um, to to bundle up code, uh, we just Ruby on Rails. We've been feeling how slow it is, not just on the user facing side, but even deploying one of our Rails services, whether it's our internal CI system or switching out the Rails servers when we like release a new bit of code. Good point. Would yeah. take like. 10 minutes, 20 minutes sometimes. And we'd be like, what is going on? Why is this taking so long? <laughs> yeah, And it, it, crucially, it is slow for users too. It's slow in every way it can be slow. Development and and for users, not, not like terribly for users, but certainly the parts of our app that are totally modernized are literally faster for users too, which is really what matters. Especially the GoGraphQL stuff. Ooh, that's smoking. Yeah, and then uh, industry-wide, whoever's handling code processing, you're seeing them move to much faster languages. Like we look to ES Build, it's open source as inspiration. It's written in Go. Vercel just released TurboPack, which is Webpack written in Rust instead of Node.js. And so the super speedy languages du jour right now are Go and Rust. And I remember seeing like Rust books in the bathroom and I'm like, please no, let's switch to Go and stay with Go. I don't think I want to like change CodePen yet again, but Rust and Go are just what the industry is moving to as a while. Yeah, right. And Bun is powered by Zig, this other, yeah, these like not a next-gen backend languages. I think we're probably pretty good with Go. It's we our expertise is built there and it is also extremely fast. So I think we're we're pretty happy there. So that so we have Rails. We still have, you know, React and Apollo on the front end, right? But Rails is serving routes and stuff. I know that's weird to wrap your head around these days, but that's how it works. It's not that bad. Uh, it's not like the whole code pen isn't like a Next.js app that's server-side routed and stuff. We're still kind of ser- or, uh, client-side routed. We're still server-side routed, believe it or not. And anyway, we're trying to move to a more modern future, but our whole API is written literally in Ruby. All the like resolvers and stuff for the APIs are in Ruby. And that was kind of fine for a long time. Actually kind of good. It's really well tested. So all the robust, our most robust API is in Ruby. But that's exactly what we're rewriting. We're like, what if we had this running on Go servers instead? And that's obviously what we've been doing. But we we decided to have a, you know, kind of a particular approach to it that wasn't just, I don't know, Build it and ship it, right? We had a we had a little bit more of a nuanced plan to making this thing real. Yeah, we started with um, an internally facing version of the API because we've made the mistake of 
adopting new technology while trying to solve a new challenging product problem. I think it was when we switched over to React and Redux, we were working on projects as well. And it was really hard for the entire team to pick up React and then Redux and then eventually move over to Apollo Client and also be building out the projects editor. Um, and so from that experience, we learned to tackle one problem at a time. So we started our foray into the next version of CodePen by getting experience with our new tool set in production. So um, we rewrote our internally facing admin tools as a Next.js app with Go APIs. And that took a while too. And I think that's where like Chris was uh, expressing like, this has been taking forever. Or why is it taking so long? And it's just because it's a brand new tool set that you're building or re like porting over a bunch of complicated uh, code that's been built over 10 years into the new tool set. So we started off by making sure we were solving one problem at a time by building out, we call it CP admin. Everything here is prefixed with <laughs> CP. Yeah, exactly. So we just because what if we hate it, you know? We'd like to know that before we ship it and have to live with it publicly for so long. So we make, we, we decided we were going to test two new technologies. Next, which were, mm -hmm. you know, f for the React app, which is pretty satisfying to work in. I got to say, big fan <laughs> of the Next. Uh, mm. uh, and, and like you mentioned, they just dropped Turbo Pack, I guess it is, the new web pack, mm -hmm. which it was at the same announcement as Next 13. We already have a PR up <laughs> for Next 13, because why not? It's not using Turbo Pack yet, because I think they, well, they announced it. They put they put it behind a kind of special flag because you know who knows what that's going to break. That's a pretty big change to switch your entire bundler. Although they just did it in Next thirteen to SWC, and now it's you know what I mean. So we've already lived through one bundler change or you know processor change. So maybe it won't be so bad. I don't know. Anyway, we we did it. We shipped a Go based GraphQL API that the, that that is only internally facing, and paired it with Next. Built the admin app, and our admin app, frankly, rules. It's really <laughs> nice. It's yeah. a pleasure to work on. The API is super nice. It's it's a very snappy, pleasurable thing to work on. So mission accomplished. And it was low pressure. It was low pressure yeah. because yeah. It, it's not user facing. It gave us time to learn the tools and it didn't yeah. have the same security implications because it was only going to be um, our own developers using it and not being accessed by the outside world. And it also allowed us to build out systems uh, that were improvements on the Ruby on Rails system. So for example, um, integration tests. This was something that we learned when we added um, GraphQL and Apollo Client into our code base. Uh, we built out request specs from in Rails where we would test our GraphQL endpoint. We would you know, throw in the GraphQL code into Rails and then run a request spec. So it'd be like we were running server-side queries, right, within Rails, which was great. It was an awesome way to test the entire system, uh, 
and make sure you were getting the proper response. But then it always struck me as like super strange that our GraphQL code was being like rewritten and duplicated on the server side. Like it would have been really nice just to reuse the existing uh, client side GraphQL query and, and things like that. So one of the new systems that we built while we were working on CP admin was an integration testing system where we're calling the GraphQL endpoint from the client and reusing our client-side code. Um, and that took a lot of work and a lot of inter iterations, but it's also been great because we're really big believers in incorporating our data model, threading it through every piece of the entire request. So client-side and backend. It takes a lot of work for the data model to be communicated and maintained consistently between the two sides. And these integration tests really help to maintain those conceptual models between the different developers that might be working on either side of the code base. So I thought that was super awesome. Very cool. Equinix Metals Startup Partner Program helps early-stage companies level up. Their experts work with startups like Cord and Invisiv to build their competitive edge with infrastructure. Equinix Metal provides real-time guidance and support to help startups grow faster. With up to $100,000 in infrastructure credit, access to Equinix's global ecosystem of over 10,000 customers and 1,800 networks, they might just be what you need to take your startup global. Visit metal.equinix.com slash startups to take your startup to the next level. So mission accomplished with that. So then we decide we're so happy with this stack. Let's build more of CodePen in it and keep going. Like, we're going to turn off eventually the Rails-based GraphQL API and just replace it with a Go one. That means replacing all of our API. And all of our API is pretty freaking daunting task. Mm -hmm. So we decide, somebody has this brilliant idea, <laughs> that instead of shipping 100% of the API, let's pick one route on CodePen, right? And that one route will just build just enough of the API to serve that one route. So, and, and crucially, we'll ship it all the way to production. Right? Isn't that what we talked about? Yeah. We wanted like a user-facing. We wanted to ship all this work that had just been internally facing because as developers, right. you want to see your work be put out to users and to get mm -hmm. feedback from users. Like it doesn't almost feel real until you get that user feedback. So we'd been doing all this work behind the scenes without seeing the benefits trickle out to users. Um, and so we decided to pick a page from our existing app that we could move to the new API quickly. Like hopefully right. just a couple of weeks of work, something like siloed that didn't touch big portions of the app. And so we're like, oh, the about page, that's got to be like low risk. And it turned out not so much, not so much. Because um, when you're logged in users, you keep 
state all throughout CodePen in your sidebar and your user menu, and that shows up on the About page as well. And so what we'd been hoping would be like a short sprint, just a couple of weeks, ended up taking months of work where we touched every one of our core data models, users, collections, pens, projects. Yeah. We could have cut it off at any point, but we kept going like, well, you know, we got to do it anyway. So just put it in, you know. And then it turned, yeah, it turned out you can, all you can do is open up your pins on CodePen. And just that opened up this like insane, like, like D said, we had to touch almost every one of our, or maybe everyone. Of yeah. our core data models, yep. Um, yep. just to make it work. So our little idea was was fun to pick a little like less than all of our API, but it turns out we touched <laughs> a ton to do it. And whatever, it's done now and it's out. So I guess you know if if you're listening to this right as it goes out, you know it may be true that the only page on CodePen that uses the GraphQL API is CodePen.io/about. But darn if it doesn't do a good job of doing that. Yeah, it's almost 2.5 times faster than the Rails GraphQL API. Oh, is that the data? That's great. Yeah, oh, yeah I love that. And we did like little to no caching or performance improvements on the Go side. That's all Go, the language itself, um, yeah, it's just versus Go. Rails. That's great. Yeah, so in the end, worth it. We got something... Not to mention it's running on some little baby server at like 10% memory usage or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only like a single... I guess it's just a single page, but it does... I think it's like nine large Ruby on Rails servers is what we have. And then the Go API is running like three medium-sized servers. And it sees like... The CPU utilization on the rail side is like 53%, and on the Go side, it's like 7%, which is shocking. And I, I know it's just this one page, but we have we have lots of evidence that anything that we've ported to Go is just just outstandingly faster fast. and, and, and cheaper. You know, there's a cost thing that goes with it. Pretty great, yeah. Oh, gosh, you can look at all these charts you have in here. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I tried to bring numbers wherever I can. Yeah, that's wonderful. But what was it like to do this work? Like, I think that's worth talking about a little bit, right? So how would we, how would we bite off a piece of it and do it? Yeah, I think you're a great person to ask that question, Chris, because at a certain point, you're like, I'm just going to learn Go too, guys. Like we've had uh, several people on the team learn new technologies. Like it's kind of what we do at CodePen. We, we like stay on top of the industry. Um, people have said it's like the reason they love working at CodePen because they get to learn so much of, of development. But it, you also got your hands in there, rolled up your sleeves and learn learn go right <laughs> yeah well you did too it was always in your footsteps really but yeah i mean you know it was it was expressed internally from you and alex really that that like there's no reason anybody here couldn't write go code you know it's like not that weird and i think you were yes yeah, very similar to javascript in some ways yeah, yeah. and i i really think that's true now after, because I was like, okay, I'll do like a tour of Go and I'll do Go by example and I'll try to ship a couple of like 
like lambdas, you know, like like Netlify, for example, makes it easy to ship to Go-based Lambda. So you can have some experience with like, what is it like to get a piece of Go into, you know, a production-like environment? And that's basically all I did. And then and, and then started doing it at CodePen. And I was like, oh yeah, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's really not a big deal. You know, it's no, you know, it's just a language. It's typed. That was the weirdest thing for me. Because, wow, does it bitch about the types, like, a lot. I mean, (laughs) my whole day today was been like, oh, you know, and it makes you, it makes you care about types, too. Absolutely. Not just be mad about it, but there's like, that's one of the things I was looking at today is like, in our database, there's a little bit of JSON code here and there. And it was so, Rails is so loosey-goosey about that, that there's like a couple of places where sometimes it's an int and sometimes it's a string in the JSON in our database, which is able to sneak through because databases are typed too, you know? Like a column has to say what type it is. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Like going from Ruby on Rails, which is, it does so much for you under the covers and it can be very magical feeling and that's great because it lets you move fast and quickly, which is what CodePen needed when um, you guys first started it. But now the safety of a strongly typed language is what we're moving towards, both on the back end. And we're even like doing some forays into TypeScript right now, which is probably going to be a lot easier now, Chris, for you that you've been working with Go itself. And it's it's really cool to see kind of where we ended up because... I think we're still very much those like Ruby on Rails, JavaScript developers. Like that's what we grew up in. And so we don't want to lose that speed and that developer experience that those languages give you. And so we actually ended up having like a really nice amalgamation of the principles of Rails and then the safety and like verbosity of, of Go. And I think one of the like learnings and turning points where everyone could contribute to this API was the tooling that we built that we brought from the Rails world. So we internally created this dbgen tooling, which is very similar to how you create Rails migrations and then... Um, build out some of the queries because on the Rails side, um, we have a lot of that done for us, whereas we've moved more to SQL and more lower level on the the Go side. Um, Right. So imagine if you're like, oh, I need a list of pens from the database. There's nothing to help you with that in Go. Go doesn't know what a pen is. That's just entirely our own data model. So our goal in life, the end of this API is have a GraphQL and thing that that's, you know allows you to make a query for pens, right? You don't get any of that for free. Nothing. You had to write every line of that. So it was like, okay, well, we'll have a resolver for the API and the API calls some logic because there's some business logic because you might want to, I don't know, sort the pens in a certain way or something like that. And then the logic will call a database connector and the database is literally like, pretty raw SQL. Yeah. And so that's what yeah. you're talking about. Like that it, it became a little like rote to write a SQL statement that says ask the pens table for pens ordered mm-hmm. in this way blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you do enough rote stuff and then you're like, well, this is actually going to be pretty similar for these 37 other tables. 
<laughs> we might as well. Go is actually a great language to like. It's got great uh, reflection features that allow you to. Um, look at the language itself and rebuild pieces of rote logic that you're talking about, which is exactly what we did. So we know what all of our DB tables are. We know what all of the columns are. And instead of having to write those models one by one, we have this dbgen script that creates based from the database ports that over to Go, creates the model that you'll need, every single column that you'll need. And then we found a certain set of queries and updates to the DB that were common for every single model. So like a delete, an update, a create, all of that, or a, a find by ID, all of that can is kind of built into Rails. They have like common methods like find, you know that it's going to find that record by ID or find by. And so what we did was we kind of mimicked those tools that we have on the Rails side, those methods, and just wrote a script that would generate those same um, query, update, create, delete methods with a set of like common inputs. And then we didn't have to write them one by one when we got to that table, when we got to using like the collections table or the yeah, projects table. Yeah. It's all done in one fell swoop. And anytime there's a change to the database, we can rerun the, that script and have all those pieces built out. Um, recently, we just added some new tables um, for the new product that we're, we're working on. And Rach did it and she was like, this dbgen script is bloody brilliant. And like, that is <laughs> such a compliment from Rach. It's just like, it's much more of a joy to work with. And that was something that we brought over from the Rails world. So, and it helps us move a lot faster. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't make that connection before that it, it just comes from, you know, we were spoon fed it before. So let's, you know, build a spool to keep spoon feeding it to ourselves. The databases are typed, you know, I mean, maybe I made that point already, but I think that's interesting in that, of course, what we want is auto-generated code to help us do all the crud. But because the databases are typed and we know we're in GraphQL land too, and GraphQL is typed too, crucially, we can get a little bit more than just the queries and such, right? We get like, okay, well, why don't you auto-generate what the model looks like too? And like, what would a query look like, you know, a typed query? Because you can just look at the columns and be like, oh, that's a text column. That's a Boolean column. So I know when I query, I should be able to query a Boolean on that particular type. And what I, yeah, this is pretty, pretty cool and clever. And help us finish the API quicker because it's still a massive job. It's not like we'll write that tool, run it, and then we can be done in two weeks. Hell no. It's still a very complicated thing. Importing Rails logic to go is was very often not straightforward. Very no. often to be a one-liner in Rails that would translate to you know, 30 lines. I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration sometimes, but sometimes it's not. And then we also had to add um, a whole new permission system, and we had to add authentication that could be shared by Rails and by Go, mm -hmm. and then the actual authorization piece um, 
we had to build that so that it matched what we already have, but then will allow us to build into the the future product that we're working on. So that was like another big reason that things took so long when we thought that it would be super fast to port the about page. But now going forward, we have a system, we've figured out the permissions piece. Um, It's much easier to use and hopefully newer pages will be much, much faster. And as we are building out um, chunks of the new feature set, it's much easier to, to do that because we have a proven API, we have proven tools, um, and it's a joy to work with. So well worth it. Yeah, totally. It totally was. It, it really has, you know, we haven't rolled it out to, you know, as time goes on, we can roll it out to more aspects of the API. That's not really our priority right now because we're <laughs> just doing other things. But the tooling has proven itself already. Like you are saying, you know, like, oh, we need a new table. Oh, we need, we need APIs, both queries and mutations on a brand new table where a meeting defined the data model yesterday. You know, like, how long is it going to take to build those APIs? Well, the answer is about half a day, you know, or less. Because you can just go, boop, there it is. And then not only do it, but write integration tests for it too to make sure you're not going to screw it up. And, you know, it's, it's, in a way, it's kind of self-documented because in Go, much like people that are used to working in TypeScript, as I understand it, you just like hover over stuff and it just like teaches you about the models and stuff that are moving around. So it's not like you have to, you know, send out a memo to the company explaining how these APIs work. You just, it's just fairly, fairly self-documented. Yeah. Very, very satisfying. So that's an example of some of the work we are hard at work doing here at CodePen, which uh, it doesn't much matter to the to uh, to an average person just using our beautiful, lovely editor on a day-to-day basis. But it matters for us as we continue to build the future of CodePen. It does. Well said. Well, well thanks for doing so much of this research and so much of the work along the way. You know, we, uh, we, uh, There's a little bit more of internal stories about how we were chunking out that work. There was tooling even written to to like introspect our own API so that we could break off chunks of it and assign tickets to each other and stuff. There's there's even more to the story here because of the fact that we're human beings and we are all working. We needed a way to share the load, as it were. Uh, uh, but uh, perhaps another time. All right, everybody, take care. Have a good one. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah, see ya. Eight.